You know, I wanted to start today with a joke. It just seems like we need one. The lessons today, though, don't really lend themselves to a joke. I mean, they're serious and they're heavy, and the matters of the world this week don't lend themselves to humor either. And so I finally concluded that it was disingenuous to try to squeeze a joke in here somewhere at the very beginning. But I am reminded of the goodness that is known in our life of faith as Christian people, because we are joyful people. And that is what we have been given in our relationship with Jesus, a joy that passes understanding. So maybe we don't really need a joke to remember that. I remember a song from a Christian artist that I listened to in college, and I'm struck with how much I have held on to the words of the chorus of this particular song, because college was a long time ago now. And this song that I listened to over and over again was back in the days when you pushed the repeat button on the CD player. Although I think actually I had this on cassette tape, which meant I had to go through a little bit of labor if I wanted to hear the song again. But some of you know what I'm talking about. The song, the chorus line in this particular song was this. What kind of joy is this that counts it a blessing to suffer? What kind of joy is this that gives the prisoner his song. What kind of joy can stare death in the face and see it as sweet victory? This is the joy of a soul that's forgiven and free. That seems to connect with our lessons this morning as we remember Stephen. This is our patron saint, the one we just read about in Acts. This is our guy. This is why we're called St. Stephen's. He's the first martyr of the Christian faith before there was even Christianity. He was part of this little sect of Judaism that followed Jesus. They were known as people of the way. And, of course, the religious authorities had a problem with this little sectarian group that was taking on these new practices. And Stephen was one to speak out about the abundant goodness of God for all God's people even beyond God's people, to all of creation. And as you can see in our story from Acts, people had a problem with that. He was stoned. We don't even have a place in our brains for that. We don't even understand what stoning is. We don't see that in our world. What kind of joy is this that counts it a blessing to suffer? What kind of joy is this I learned from a friend about, um, and she introduced me, if you will, to uh, what I would consider a colleague or even just um, an acquaintance I was glad to finally meet. And the reason I say it that way is because he died a couple hundred years ago. Charles Simeon, he lived at the end of the 1700s into the early 1800s. He was an Anglican priest. And he was given charge over a church in Canterbury, or no, Cambridge, and he was given the church Trinity in Cambridge. And um, this was not really a welcome experience to the people of that Trinity church. They really liked the priest they'd had before. And the bishop sent Charles Simeon to lead this congregation, and they, they weren't happy. They were really, really not happy that he had come to lead them. What I learned from my reading is that 
the wardens encouraged people to show the bishop their disapproval and that they were not going to welcome Charles Simeon by leaving their pews and locking the doors of the pew that they rented. So that even if Charles' father Simeon held worship services, when people came in, they wouldn't have a place to sit. Now that's tough. That's got to hurt. That's got to be difficult to come to a church and see the little locks on the edges of the pews. And so as this book relays, Father Simeon reached out to his friends in the Christian faith to help him be encouraged and of good hope. Because this conflict went on for close to five years. It was said that he was insulted in public, and at one time even people threw tomatoes at him as he rode by on his bicycle. We don't even have an idea of what that looks like. But Charles continued to preach the gospel, to reach out to those around him with the good news of God in Christ. And the young people at Cambridge responded and would gather with him for that Bible study and to learn of what he was teaching them, of what Christ has done for each of us. And so people did begin to respond to the good news as he had it proclaimed, and things finally did turn around. He developed quite a reputation in his region for preaching the gospel. So much so that one father reached out to him because of the difficulties his own son was going through. This father's son was despondent and depressed and had lost a lot of hope in the life that he was leading. So the father reached out to Father Simeon and asked him if he would meet with his son. Father Simeon took him into his office and he got out the big ledger book that keeps track of money and turned to a clean and open page and asked this particular young man on one side of the page to write down all of his debts. And so the man did. The young man wrote down ways that he had forgotten to thank people, things that people had done for him that he could never thank them for, wrongs that he had done that he hadn't made right. And so the list grew and grew and grew and grew. And then Father Simeon said to the young man, on this side, I want you to write your assets. And so the young man wrote down one thing that he has and another thing that he has and one more thing that he has. That list of assets was very short. But Father Simeon began to dialogue with him about this list of assets that he had and began to question them. You know, you say you have a good education, now how did you get that good education? And as the young man began to speak, he realized that he hadn't even received that on his own, that it had been through the kindness of people, or the fact that he had the benefit of a good teacher, or that someone had bought him books, or made it a point that he got to school on time. And the longer he talked about that first asset, he began to realize that it really wasn't fully his, and so Father Simeon encouraged him to move it over to the side of the debts. And they went on to the second one. And again, in dialogue with the young man, the same thing happened. And the second one moved over to the side of the debts. And the third one, the same. So Father Simeon said to the young man, looking at this ledger, What do you have? And the young man looked at him, crestfallen, and said, 
nothing. Father Simeon then reached into his drawer and pulled out a big stamp, the kind that you put on things that have been paid. And he took that long list of debts and he took the stamp and he put it on top of that long list of debts and when he pulled it up, the stamp read, paid in full. And he said to the young man, now what do you have? And the young man looked at him with hope and said, everything. What kind of joy is this? What is it that God gives us in Christ? This freedom that can't be squandered or limited by the ways of this world. A liberation. What kind of joy is this? When Thomas is sitting with Jesus at the table, as we read in John's Gospel, and Philip too, the disciples gather around them, because this is the Last Supper that we read in our Gospel lesson today. And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Thomas doesn't understand how this works, and Jesus says, it's beyond understanding. It's about relationship. It's about you and me, Thomas. And I am in the Father, and you are in me, and so we are one together. That's what this is. That is how I am the way and the truth and the life. And that's how you receive this, and it will not be gone when I leave you. This is the good news, Jesus tells his disciples. And they can't quite conceive it because it isn't a head thing. It's beyond head. It's a a heart thing. It's the middle of us. It's the gut that we have, that deep awareness that we belong to God that God holds us no matter what the circumstances. So Jesus says, look, if you can't mentally consent to it, just recognize what God has done in me, through me, here with you. Because this 14th chapter of John follows the 11th chapter of John when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And there were countless other ways that Jesus demonstrated the life that God has made in him and that is made available to us. What kind of joy is this? What kind of joy is this? It's the joy that comes from a soul free, from being forgiven. That's the joy that we have received in Christ. And we get to keep it. Amen.